Welcome to the Night Shift Football Podcast Red Edition. We're back at High Marsh. We got three points. We're going to win the league. Goodwin's going to win the MVP, whatever it's called. Johnny Warren medal, everything. Just give us all of the trophies now. We're all aboard the goody train. Reds are going to take it all out. Tommy's here to join me uh, and go through it once again. Uh, big win. First home game of the year and uh, three points. Big win. I was flexing as you were talking about Craig Goodwin. Just, we live to watch the man slap the badge. Oh, he only, so good. Only slaps the badge when he scores. And my God, does he score a lot. So that badge gets fucking slapped often, Sam, I'm telling you. <laughs> he slaps the shit out of it. <laughs> and when he's, when when Craig's slapping, we're a clapping, Sam. It's a, it's a sight to behold. A Craig Goodwin goal with a badge slap. Yeah, we especially at home in front of the uh, North End as well. Yeah. Uh, again, they swapped ends like it fucking does my head in usually, but two first half goals that are, you know, right in front of us. Okay. It worked out finally. Yeah. I do hate the swapping ends before a game. You should always, should always kick to the North in the second half, but whatever, we'll deal with it. We'll, we'll make do. I don't um, know that we should deal with it because it makes us irrationally mad before every time does. we see it happen, uh, uh, you know, discontent, riles up in the stands we don't yeah, like it so i think i get over it pretty quick though can we just come to an agreement a gentleman's agreement with whoever we're playing yeah just always we'll st- this is a campaign we'll start for all we know it could have been us that chose to swap ends which would be d- yeah depraved actually it would I don't be want to a, know now. a heinous crime done done we would need a yeah <laughs> the law and order get them in call them up come sort this shit out yeah all right uh yeah, I don't know if it is a big win, but it's a win nonetheless. After our start to the season, pretty shaky, two draws and a loss. Maybe a, a, a steady improvement or a pretty big improvement last week against Sydney. And then um, a three points that I guess we had no choice but to get against this pretty weak-looking Perth side. Agree? I do agree. I think we've put in now four very different performances with yeah. the, the Wellington game, I thought we looked good. I thought we had a really good first half. The red card helped. We got the goal. We got 1-0 in front. And then we just we kind of allowed them to get back into the game, Wellington. And that's this is what that's what we did against Perth, but we didn't have the extra man advantage. Yeah. <laughs> and, we, and we did manage to see it out this time. And we did put some goals away early. Yeah, which is you know, similar, I guess, to what we did against Sydney, but then not what we did against MacArthur. And it's, I'm kind of, I'm just confused is what I'm trying to say. I'm confused of where we are and where we're going because we're not playing. This was an unchanged lineup from the previous week. Yeah. But we didn't, we started the same way that we played mostly against Sydney, but then we lost it. We just lost all of our shape and our momentum going forward. It was a yeah bizarre um, feeling at the end of it. It's something that uh, Halloran spoke about at post-game, uh, just reading his comments on the Adelaide United website from post-game um, about starting really well, um, controlling the game after scoring a couple. Uh, but he said he didn't feel like they were the better team across 90 minutes. Um, obviously, Perth scored an absolute worldie, but he said, uh, yeah, they just made it hard for themselves. Maybe, the, maybe everyone's got the jitters because they haven't won a game yet. Uh, but now that... I don't know. Maybe now that we've got that win, everyone can relax a bit and okay. 
push on. Who knows? I, I really like that mentality. You know, that settled me down straight away because initially I thought uh, like champions after 20, 23 minutes and then I was like nervously ruining the coming season <laughs> by the 80th minute and then like just reluctantly reluctantly accepting the points by the end of it. And I like what Halli- Halloran said there. Um, or O'Halloran, as uh, a good friend of good friend of ours thinks. He thinks he's Irish, which is funny as. O'Halloran. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different player. <laughs> if only O'Halloran got booked. I just <laughs> I feel so bad for him. Um, yeah, when that when we scored in the 22nd minute to go 2-0 up, I, I was, uh, you know, brandishing six ones around. Oh, we're going to win 6-1, 6-0. I did, it did have, Saki scored. <laughs> it, had six, it had a feeling of 6-1, yeah. We were so dominant and so... Oh, except, you know, the first five minutes, actually, we were a little bit slow into the game. Held the ball initially and then we sort of gave it to them for a, a, a decent little chunk and that had me a little bit concerned. But then we really warmed into the game. A um, couple of good moves. Obviously, our our target men in the in the middle when you're playing Ibasuki and... Um, You've got balls being whipped in by Craig Goodwin, such as the quality that we see week in, week out from this guy. Yep. It's always dangerous. And Van der Sarg on the other side, Halloran playing in that, I suppose it's a false, is it a false 10? Because he's not, he's not really bridging the gap between the central midfielders and attack. He's kind of interloping a little bit more yeah, with the wingers and the fullbacks. Almost a second striker, but I don't know what it is. It's yeah, it's an interesting role. It's almost a free role. It's almost just Carl telling him to go in there and bring the wingers and the strikers together rather than the. I think it's more a case. It's just not a natural. I think you'd want him to be playing like a ten. It's just not a natural thing for him to do. We don't. We still don't. We say it every week. Every time we talk about Adelaide United, we talk about our lack of a ten. Mm. So why do we continue to try and play with the 10? I don't, well, I don't get it, but I like Halloran and whatever he did in this game. It's the need to have three three midfielders, I guess, most of the time. Otherwise, you're getting outnumbered in there. And when Izzy is the age he is and when Juan is the age he is, mm. I don't know if you want to be getting outnumbered in there. I'd be pretty keen to see Dorigo get maybe a bit of a chance to start as a 10 uh, like he did when... Uh, when Van der Sar came off, mm-hmm. Halloran yeah. went wide and then Juan Day <clears throat> came on. Um, Juan Day and Izzy were kind of holding, doing their, their thing again. And Dorigo went and started as a 10. I don't know. I'd be keen to see how he goes starting a game like that. I don't know. But I guess the struggle when you don't win many of your early games is a bit, bit more pressure now to make sure we get some results flowing. So you can't really experiment too much. I suppose we play in a league with no consequence for losing games. Mm, I, I guess so, but... And I would think of, you know, I would almost put Carl Veer down as the safest manager in the A-League at the moment in terms of job retention. I think he could even have a bad season where we'd keep him, just given the way the clubs run and past success and stuff like that. I, look, I, I wouldn't mind personally if he wanted to continue going balls to the wall and trying to implement a philosophy or, you know, an idea for the coming season. Because I guess the flip side of the boys being a little bit nervous to get their first win, and that's why we kind of closed up and gave them more chances in the second half and didn't go on and, you know, kill them off. Like, is it is it enough to just keep plodding along and getting those wins on the board while sacrificing a kind of longer-term vision? 
Is that what we're doing right now? I'm, I'm not sure. That's this is how I'm confused by the side. I just I can't pick us at the moment. But I, I do like what you're saying about Louis playing as a ten, and I thought he did okay when he did get pushed into that area. But then yeah, that, puts, that puts what one day and Izzy in there. He's just a bit of a lost player at the moment. He doesn't seem to have any. I guess he's Carl's go-to guy to start next to Izzy at the moment. I don't know if that's due to any issues with one day's fitness or anything like that. Or it was just I, I reckon he's given a, he's given a red hot go. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I'm glad to see because I rate the kid. Um, just I, I don't know. I'd like to see him stay in the team. Maybe just try some different things. Uh, persist with him. Because I reckon there's a good player there. Um, any other thoughts on the uh, the lineup going into this one? Go, sticking I, with the same. I like it. I, I liked it. We we played well against Sydney, and in other circumstances, probably yep. win. And you know, you got you got to reward players in form. And there's no need to rush Irin Kunda into the side. You know, you can see what they're doing with Quoll at the Mariners. You know, continue to play the solid. It's it's almost defensive minded playing uh, Van der Sarg out there, but he does have attacking qualities and he has a decent ball and he's got kind of an instinct to get into positions behind uh, de- the defensive four. So I'm really impressed with this guy. I think he's playing really well. And um, him and hearing, you know, I was a little bit skeptical on Ben Wall in the previous week, but I thought he had a good game on the weekend uh, against Sydney. And again, he impressed me this game. So I thought our back four were all fairly good. They were pretty good. I mean, yep. like we made it. We made a joke about. I made a joke about Van der Sar us playing a winger at left back and a right back on at right wing. And you were, you said Ryan Kiddo is pretty much a left back now. He is and a yet, left back. Yeah. This game was such a good. Uh, was great evidence of Kiddo being that left back because he does command that defensive side of the field. And you know, there's. I, I think that world he doesn't come if it's on Kiddo's side. I don't think he has the space and time to be able to bang one in like that if Kiddo is uh, defending him. Okay, maybe. Interesting point. Um, yeah, no other thoughts on the lineup. Uh, we'll go in, if you just want to, we'll quickly go through the goals, I guess. Not really much to say about it, really. Just, I guess, a bit of luck for the first one. Hallon dings it through, a good finish by Goodwood. And then the second one is just a a great Craig Goodwood ball. Um, ben Wallen, great determination. To get there at the back yeah, post. Desire. The hunger. Keeps it alive and Hero taps it away. Uh, just, I guess, two reasons again why Craig Goodwin needs to be on the plane. That's it. The, the I, I know this is a very Adelaide thing to say, but the question isn't now, is he going? The question is now, is he starting? Like, I, what more do you want from someone? Te- the technical ability on the guy is enough to break open a game in in and of itself, I think we always, when we come to national team selection and in Australia, we want that Alzani inclusion. We want the Quoll inclusion because they're guys that get the ball and they run and they run in behind and they run at defenders. And like, that's great. You can't do that against the teams we're playing against. You can't do that in the World Cup, especially like maybe you'll get one, but more often than not, what you're going to do is you're going to turn it over and you're going to be caught in transition and we've seen Australian sides time and time again broken open on counterattacks. And just what you need is someone that can deliver a ball from like 40 yards deep of his left wing 
on an absolute dime to someone like Mitch Duke. And I, look, I don't care if that's what we need to get Craig yeah, on the yeah. side. <laughs> I think um, I just it worries me the amount of chat I'm seeing in the football sphere, Australian football sphere at the moment about it seems to be like everyone everyone's pitching it as this head-to-head between Goodwin and Quoll. Mm. That is really when it really doesn't need to be. Because I don't think it is. Like Goodwin, when he talks about it, gives me the impression that Arnold's assured his place. It does come across that way, doesn't it? And he seems so confident. And he's He's, playing well. He's not playing like a guy. I don't know. I'm reading into this too much now. He's not playing like a guy that is looking for a spot. He's playing like a guy that knows he's going. How do you mean? I mean, just how assured his performances are. He came back from an injury. Uh, from surgery, had very short preseason. Initially, his first game when he came off the bench, you know, a little bit in and out of the game, whatever, starts the next game immediately. And you think, okay, if this is a guy that's actually playing for his spot, you would, in my mind, he would be a little bit more frantic, a little bit more nervous uh, in a sense, you know, or is it just testament of... I would say, I would say over his career, I think he's always looked the more, he's always looked a mature, assured player. Okay. Um, and I think he's just continuing on that way. He's, I don't know, he's just an absolute gun and we need him to stay fit, really, don't we? He looks pretty fit. I mean, he's running out games. Um, just, I think it, it's funny. It's the willingness in the crowd as well to get Craig Goodwin on the ball. And then when he does, he just, he's seemingly always delivering every week. Yeah. And it, he feels almost like our cheat code at the moment. Yeah. It's, it's, if you just, are, it's bizarre. If anyone's listening and you haven't heard our at the match pod from when we were at High March for the Perth game, I think you'll hear bits of us just yelling, get it to Craig. Get it to Craig. Craig. He does the whole whole 15 minutes of the pod. (laughs) Just 15 minutes of saying, get it to Craig. Just feed Craig Goodwin. Go over and listen to that one. Oh, it's just great. It's, you know, it's hard. I I just never want to not appreciate having a guy at the club that just continually delivers every week. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, how about Perth's goal? Oh, my God. Ooh. You said at the time when it happened, you said that'll be the best goal we see at High Marsh all season. And blimey, you'll do well to beat it. Yeah, that's it. Left me stunned and absolutely speechless. I don't, there was like, you know, I love opposition goals that get like tiny ripples of applause throughout the stadium. Because it was, I was talking to a couple of the Perth guys in the pub post game, and we both just came to the conclusion like, Wow, <laughs> we've seen an absolute world-beating goal. Yeah. The perfect hit, the perfect hit. Uh, 22-year-old Giordano, uh, Giordano Coley, um, who's come through Perth's MPL side, played for Bayswater City in Western Australia in the MPL, and he made his debut for Perth in 2020 in the Champions League against Shanghai Greenland Shuenhua. So there you go. He's been there a while, hasn't played heaps of games. Um, but, man, if he's going to put those away, get him in the team. How's that baptism of fire in the Champions League? What a great way to decide if a guy's good enough. Here you go. International football, bang. Yeah, I feel like it might also be a note on the way clubs in the AFC treat the Champions League. Mm, yes. But that's I that's know. another discussion for another day. Um, yeah, great goal. Unreal. Uh, great goal. One Could of those be... ones where you hear big gasps of the crowd. Oh, God. Yeah. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh. Monocles crashing into champagne glasses. People spitting out their way. 
people choking on their $9 parallels. Ah, oh, we did that. We did the predictions of the prices, didn't we? And you said it would be $9. Nine said, bucks. I said like eight eighty or something, and it was $9. Inflation for a, for a is pale. such a cunt. Oh, $9. my God. Oh, you've just seabottomed on the red edition. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to – I'll get rid of it. Um, <laughs> $13.50 it. $13. for a Johnny Walker. Whoa. Whoa. A 700 mil bottle was like 40 bucks. We're getting, yeah. we're, we're in crazy so, territory. You know what you need to do? You need to go to, you get your drinks in before the game and post game at RGK. <laughs> that's yeah. what you do. That's what you do. Yeah, that's what I you do. thought you were going to suggest something else then, but no. No, no. That's, that's, that's what you do before and after. That's what you do. All right. Um, I don't know if you have any more notes on this game or if you want to discuss maybe some of the other farcical scenes across the A-League this week. Do you want to just quickly touch on Adelaide's inability to score? Sure. Uh, it was captured really nicely in the at the match pod. A couple of people, huge hunger for us to get a third. Unfortunately not. Uh, but I, I came across this stat since the start of the 2021-22 season. So last season and this season so far, we've created the second most chances of any team, 369, and taken the most shots, 494, of any team league-wide. But we sit seventh in shots on target, 34%, and fifth in total goals scored, 47, over that same period. Again, this game, we did have ample opportunity to absolutely bury Perth in the second half. What? What? Why? Why why can't we score? It's simply straight down to not enough contributors. Like how, how many of our goals or chances come from Craig or Hero now that now that Halloran's back, I guess he gets involved in a few, but he kind of he'll come in and out of form throughout the season. He won't he doesn't tend to bang them in game after game. And then your other guys just aren't contributing. We don't have anyone like we, we always talk about struggling with that number ten role. Um they're not contributing, like Blackwood, Clough, um Izzy has never really contributed with goals, so we're not getting anything from him. Dorigo is not a big goal scorer. Um, nice to see Harry Vandersark chip in with one last week, but um, I guess you know, in an ideal world, that's Halloran playing right wing. Yeah, and we have a good number ten in there that can contribute. Last year we had Lockie Brook there for whatever reason he couldn't, couldn't contribute on the score sheet. So yeah, I just I think it's down to not enough people being able to find the net and contribute. It's not that we're not creating the chances, like you said, we're creating the chances. I think it's just we're so reliant on Hero and Craig. Yeah, and if they're not doing it, we're, we're in all sorts of strife. Yeah. Um, which is why I was kind of – it may have already been a foregone deal when he quit Fornaroli, but I just – my God, we could really use Bruno Fornaroli or, or a type absolutely. like that. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or a cum dog. You said this. Uh, a couple of weeks after he signed for the Mariners, why aren't Adelaide going for someone like that? Could you imagine fucking Jason Cummings? In That's this what team? I mean. Like, if you can get him to go live in Gosford, <laughs> surely we could have got him to come and live in Adelaide. To be oh fair, he does have a tattoo on his hand. <laughs> tattoo of what? Of like a face. You know how he does that celebration where he puts his. Oh, okay. I'm just wondering what that has to do with living in living Gosford, in Gosford. Or Adelaide. I'm just saying, Gosford, interesting place. All right, seems like um, you maybe the maybe the type of character that fits fits in Gosford. I think he would fit in Adelaide, definitely. Um, have you seen Hindley Street these days? Gee whiz. Um, what's 
I don't know if you have it. Do you have anything else to add to that? The goals. I mean, you look at the, you even look at the defensive guys and Kiddo and Lopez score two or three a season, which is great. That's great return for your fullbacks. But our center backs don't score goals either. No. We really rarely, I mean, Popovich, what is he? Has he ever scored for Adelaide? I'm not sure. Warland, I would say not either, or minimal, one or two. Lucky Barr doesn't really score from corners. Like, yeah, we are, we are seriously lacking in people that you look to. And that, oh, I guess that this is something I thought of during the week as well. How many players in the Adelaide United team do you think could score a goal like Coley did? Uh, Craig. Yep. That's probably it. That's probably it, isn't it? At the moment. I reckon Louis could hit one if he got lucky. But mm. yeah, Craig. We just don't even have guys attempting... 30-yard knuckleballs when they've got when they've <laughs> got puck. space to do it. <laughs> no, nah, we don't. Uh, we don't have it. Um, who knows, though? We got What have we got next week? Um, Western United. Western United away. And then we're home against Victory on the Friday night. So uh, another big two weeks. Um, I, I feel like we still need to see an improvement if we're going to get a result against these two teams. Although Melbourne Victory looked pretty poor, but yeah, who knows what will happen thinking. in those games. Do you want to spe- we'll speculate just quick? We've got five points from twelve games, which is okay. I'm not. I'm not too. I don't mind too much about that. But if we could get six points in the next two, I think they're very attainable as well. Western United out of form, don't look like they they're traveling as well. Like Lacroix, all of a sudden doesn't know how to be a centre back. Victory, yep. you know, different kind of game because it's a it's a rival match and they'll be up for it and for Roly be in the team and all that. Or he may not be in the team. I think there might be a is there a deadline in which he can sign or something? I'm not sure. We'll have to look into that. But I think potentially two sides that aren't scoring goals and they're kind of out of form. We could win both of these and we could be very safely in the top five of the A League going into the World Cup, right? Yeah. What we could do and what we should do is never really they never really match up for us, do they, though? <laughs> what, well, our ambition? Well, yeah. Reality and expectations. I don't know. We just... What we always expect should happen based on performances and form never... It all seems to go out the window, so... True. Uh, I'll, take, I'll take four points. I'll take, I'll take four points. I'll take, I'll, take a, points. I'll take a whittle and a draw for the next two games. Uh, last one, quickly on Adelaide before we move on. Chelsea Dorber has been allowed out on loan from Chicago Red Stars. Mm. Um, so she'll be playing for Adelaide United again in the, the W League season. How good or that? What are they? What do we call it now? ALW. ALW, the A-League women. So, yeah. She'll be able to play for that. That's a huge pickup for Adelaide. Dude, that's fucking massive. I was, I before you tagged me, I saw it as well, and I was fucking stoked. Like, that's yeah. a massive signing for us. And it just, it keeps together that um, group of really cohesive attacking like really, really, really good footballers in there. Emily Condon and stuff like that. I think is Dylan Dylan Holmes is back as well. So I'm sure, mate. The whole crew could be getting back together, and this would be great. Get the band back together. All right. Uh, just before we finish off, do you want to quickly? We'll just quickly brush over some of the. We have to talk about the farcical, the antics, because uh, the absolute outrage that we had last week after the Hiroshi red card. And then somehow it's all happened again. Uh, what is somehow. going on in this league? Somehow, Sam. Am I? Um, uh, that's it. I've got. I've got the new Pixel Seven. I've got five G, and I'm just flipping out right now. How could it be 
Sydney each and every week being just gifted egregious decision after egregious decision, all courtesy of VAR. It's just, they can't be this bad. Because do you notice, and we did the European pod just before this, we didn't mention VAR once. Oh, I did, but I praised it. You praised it. We fucking praised it. <laughs> Which is very rare. We don't always do that. That is rare. So it kind of Diego Costa's a grub. <laughs> but it kind of makes me think that they may be getting somewhere because we haven't really talked about VAR that much this season in England. That much. There's been scary somewhere. But it just it feels like there were three red cards on Saturday in the in the three different games, and all of them were decided by VAR. They were all pushed up by VAR. And it just it, it feels very over officiated at the moment. Yeah. Uh, well, I think uh, one of them was was the uh, when was was the Melbourne City red card on Sunday? No, who got sent off? Uh, yeah, no, there was a Melbourne City one on Sunday for an elbow on Barbarossa's. That was fair. Um, we had the one in a Sydney game. I can't remember the other Saturday one. There was the goalkeeper, the Brisbane goalkeeper. Are you right there? <laughs> it's, just, it's the conditions, Sam. It's the conditions. There was the Bris- the Brisbane goalkeeper got set off. There was the yep. the MacArthur one. What was the other one? Uh, there was one in the, uh, oh, was it, um, the Western United top game. Of, top of Stanley. Yeah, top of Stanley. Yeah, yeah. Um, that one. That, that one was a red card. That was a red card. Yes, that was a red card. But MacArthur, uh, I guess that the defender. On both occasions, both for the red card and for the penalty, he's basically guilty of existing. Yeah, especially for the penalty. He's literally just, just existing. And the, the problem is is he's done everything correctly. He's done everything you want from a defender. He hasn't he hasn't put his any of his part of his arm through the middle part of the attacker's uh he's, body. He's, he's turned got, around to run at the ball. Yeah, exactly. There's been a tiny little con- cost, uh, like contestation for the ball, and then he's turned around. He's gone to, uh, like it's. I can't in any way see how you can look at that on a video replay and think, yeah, there's there's a foul in there. And it's a penalty. Yeah, there's somehow he goes looks at it multiple times on a screen and comes to that decision. Just a joke. Absolute joke. And the red card, I think, just as much of a joke. Pretty similar. I've I've seen referees defending it, saying it's it was a sure. No, nah, I'm not having it. Look, if referees want to defend that it is a red card, okay, fine. But I think because the referee on the pitch gives it a yellow, and it you can say that there are two MacArthur players still defending through the center of the park, and there's still the goalkeeper to beat <clears throat> in the area that it's in. So for it to be upgraded, it just it seems so unnecessary for VAR to come in and do that. So unnecessary. I'm barely even sure if it's a foul. Oh, look, yeah. Look, if you want to be ultra, ultra partisan, you can say, yeah, it's a foul, but it's, it's def- definitely it's definitely up for yeah. debate. Definitely not the red card. Complete overkill. Definitely not a clear and obvious error to upgrade it. He's it's not like the referee's Mr. King hit. <laughs> that yeah, would be it. A- that would be a clear and obvious error to me if he ran up and king hit someone <laughs> and the ref didn't do anything. No one's been head-butted but then re- to chase but, after the ball. But then VAR would say he didn't miss anything because they just uphold what the ref says anyway. Um, Sometimes. Yeah. It depends what who you're playing against. Just an absolute mess. Um, Sydney, on the end of a few lucky ones again, Luke Bratton said after the game, he said, the one last week and the two this week, he said if that was against them, he'd be pretty upset. So, yeah. 
you know that there's something wrong when even the players who are benefiting from the decisions are getting annoyed. And I think it was Craig Goodwin last week after the Sydney game, and I think maybe Bratton as well, someone else said it's just, it's no good for the fans. That's it. That's it. It gives, because, I mean, I don't know if we were going to talk about the Mariners game or not, but there was another really just ridiculous disallowed goal for for Cumdog. And it's one of those things oh, for that the does, ball on the pitch. For the ball on the pitch, like the referee was, didn't blow his whistle though; he just let it go. That's and then the wait thing. until after they scored to say, "Ah, oh, no, nah, I'm disallowing." Which is just what a crazy adjudication of the rule. Yeah, like he said in the post game, you have to blow it. If you don't blow it, you can't then say once the goal's gone in that it's <laughs> the ref. Yeah, the ref's looking right there and hasn't blown it. Just you know, play the game. Oh my god! I get um, the technicality of it, but it didn't interfere with the game. But it's no. just another one of those things that, yeah, that's the kind of thing you go to the game. And if no, the Mariners had lost that, and if the opposition, if the opposition players are stopping when the referee hasn't blown his whistle, then that's that's, that's like under eight shit. That's, that's shit you get taught as a kid. That is one of the, the, like, the first things you get taught. Just play to the fucking whistle, man. But that, the ref I mean, hasn't cause... blown his whistle. They've thrown the ball in. Play the game. That's it. Yeah. It was a good goal too. It was Um, a good goal. That's the problem. We're missing out on good goals. There was the Brisbane. I think you and I disagree on this one a little bit. The Brisbane one for the Brisbane goalkeeper against Melbourne Victory. I think I disagree again on the base of what we were just talking about. It's not enough to upgrade it to a red card. No, I don't think it is either. I think had the referee given red initially, I don't think it would be enough to turn it back either. Yeah, that's it. You know what I mean? That's a good question. If he had sent him off, yeah, be turning it back. No, they probably don't. No, but it could be and because it falls in that seesawing area. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I'm not horrified with a red card on that one. Again, like you, I just I'm not sure why it needed to be referred to by VAR upgrade. I think the keeper there has just lost his marbles a bit. It's the way he flies through the air like that with his his arms basically going through D'Agostino's chin is pretty dangerous and stupid. So um, wise up a bit. What I didn't like was watching the commentary, watching the game and listening to the commentary, Phil Moss and the commentator were talking about how uh, they were talking as though the fact that he's a goalkeeper and that he's so far out off his line plays an impact on whether it's a foul or not. And I was just like, I was just becoming increasingly infuriated as they talk. Oh, he's a long way out. He's come a long way out. Shut up. It doesn't matter how far out he is. Talk about whether or not you think it's a foul. Oh my God. You know, I kind of I kind of agree. I, I mentioned it last week with the I think Loris made a challenge where he was really ridiculously far out of his box. And the guy there was like a collision situation yeah. where they ran into each other. I think it kind of does play into it because it, it shouldn't. Well, what is, the keeper, what is the keeper doing out there? He, he's allowed to. Yeah, he's allowed to. But, uh, so he what? Doesn't, yeah, but he doesn't play the game the same way the outfield players play it. doesn't play matter. It. it doesn't have any impact on whether or not something is a foul, though, does it? Potentially. Potent- no, not potentially. It doesn't. His well, position and the fact that he's wearing gloves does not impact whether the actual incident itself is a foul or not, does it? Well, I mean, in handball situations, it could because <laughs> if it does hit his hand, it's going to stop more instantly, isn't it? Yes, it is. But it may not be handball. And then that comes down to the incident, doesn't it? <laughs> That's not... why I said potentially. It was just ridiculous. I don't know who gave Moss a job on 
TV commentating sport, but get him off. It's insane. The Paramount guys are no better than the Fox guys. I mean, Andy Harper's back on there for fuck's sake. Why? Why are we listening to the same voices? McBreen sucks as well. I don't like McBreen whatsoever. <laughs> Do you like anyone? Simon Hill. But even him, even Simon Hill was getting on my nerves a bit lately. I think everything, everyone just gets on our nerves because what's our motto here? Not shiftable. It's uh, something about fucking everyone. If you're not Adelaide, we don't care about you. We hate you. <laughs> Essentially, yes. Yeah. It's that's, a long, that's a long motto. <laughs> we have to trim this up. Well, I didn't want to swear so much. Fuck everyone that ain't us. Come on, Sam. We don't rank. It doesn't matter. Cool. All right. We'll wrap it there. <laughs> On that uplifting note. Yeah. Yeah. Good spot to leave it, I reckon. Uh, enjoy your week, folks. Get around it. Adelaide Western United coming up this week. We didn't do our prediction. Hit me. Uh, Adelaide will win 3-1. Yep. I'm going to go the same. Done. Yeah. We definitely win. 